Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Healman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Welcome and thank you so much for listening. We've been working hard to put together a really important six-part series to highlight for you the Warrior Women of Light and the Daughters of Light therapeutic programs here at Life Changing Services. The Daughters of Light program serves young women from like age 12 to 18. And the Warrior Women of Light serves women ages 18 and over with any kind of therapeutic need that they have in a group setting. We have an amazing team of women that runs this. And I just think it's something as the parent support specialist here at Life Changing Services that I just want more mothers to know about so they can share it with other mothers and more women who are mothers, which is all the mothers, to be able to understand that all of us struggle with things, but sometimes the struggles that we have are things that we just can't say out loud because we don't know how to talk about it, even though we're this old and have children or whatever, but we actually might have a therapeutic need and something like the Warrior Women of Light might be a great fit for you or someone that you love. It's important to just know that all of it falls under Heavenly Father's plan and that Jesus Christ is here to help us. And this is a resource for you to 
to help people you love. So in this episode, the first of the six, I was unable to get Maurice Harker and Melody Milne their schedules to line up and interview them together. And so I've interviewed them separately for you. So enjoy our first episode. Thanks for listening. All right. Ooh, we're highlighting the Daughters of Light and the Warrior Women of Light program. And I'm here with Maurice Harker, the Director of Life Changing Services. And I just, Maurice, can you give us some background, a little bit of how, you know, because I know the flagship program was Sons of Helaman, and then the worst group started, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, how did the whole women have therapeutic needs as well? Issues that they also need to address. How that's Thank started. you, Karen. So I never intended to be myopic. I never intended to be narrow-minded when I started my work. You know, they said in my developmental years, moving towards professional years, do what you're good at. Focus on something you're good at so you can, and provide it to the world. And I don't know if it's a little embarrassing that relating to adolescent boys who have messed up heads is what I'm good at. <laughs> and so I had ambitions that I'm acting upon now to serve married people and do the big married people stuff. But when the need for self-mastery surfaced, I zeroed in on what I thought I could really make a difference with, which was the young men. I had enough humility to know that I didn't know a lot about girls. And so we put a ton of work into creating the foundation for Sons of Helaman to make sure it was rolling well. We created the program facilitators handbook. We created the like dragons book. We got all these things in place, the outreach system, and we were very pleased with the results that we were getting. The, it was not very difficult to replicate men of Moroni because the psychology of an adolescent boy is not that much different than an adult man, sad to say, or happy to say whatever one fits for that. The next need that landed loudly on my table was the wives of the men in Menomrone. And that's why the Worth Group became next. But it was there where my naivety became even more blatant. I started studying girls' psychology when I was in high school because I wanted to figure girls out and figure out how to hook up with them. And well, that's by the old version of hooking up. That means taking them on a date. Okay. Exactly. I didn't realize that that means something different nowadays. And so I thought I had some things figured out and I studied lots of things in the textbooks and I thought I had even more figured out. And then I interviewed actual women and everything I learned in textbooks became useless almost overnight <laughs> because nobody really paid attention to the diff- details. I had used movies and television to study women and didn't realize how twisted that was. Mm. And so when I started listening to women and getting familiar with what they're going through, it was mind blowing. It was exciting and scary and uh, hopeful at the same time. And I knew all along that I was neglecting a population and I stuck my fingers in my ears and said, la, 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 I'm going to pretend that that doesn't exist and it's not needed, but 
the awareness that uh, women have sexual systems also who do, okay? Still confused about how all that works with their brains and their bodies intermixed and everything that is written about it is in Chinese as far as I can tell because I still don't know what the heck they're talking about. Even phrases like, my husband and I connected last night and I'm all, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it involves. Did you hook pinky fingers together for 20 minutes while you watched a movie? What are you talking about? And then other women, there's a fascinating thing that takes place when you're a therapist. All of a sudden you're like a psychological gynecologist and people start showing you everything that goes on in their heads. And you're like, wow. So that's when I found out that girls, it's a good thing. No one told me this when I was in high school, the girls were totally interested in sexual things back then. And I had no idea. And they were reining in the horses as well, as well as I was. And so well, it's a good thing. No one told me that. Okay. And so. The need for sexual self-mastery training for young women. And as I've learned from specialists in this area who are part of our organization, it's still not that easy. There are still elements to it that need to be included. So those specialists spent plenty of time thoroughly going through the like dragons, did they fight training the sons of Helaman training, men of training. And they said, this is really good place to start. This is accurate in the core. These principles of the satanic attack, the satanic spin, the chemical scale, the need for rituals, the need for something like manpower, all the elements of Daughters of Light and Warrior Women of Light are built upon the same systems as Sons of Helaman and Men of Moroni. So for those of you who have become familiar with and have gained confidence in the reputation of Sons of Helaman and Moroni, if you are considering enrolling your daughter in Daughters of Light or a woman who wants to be in Warrior Women of Light, have confidence that the system is solid and pure and sound. It's not a whole new concept. It's not a whole different concept. What Anelody Milne and previously Mindy Lundgren, who did a lot of the original foundational work in Daughters of Light, is they just took the, like dragons did they fight principles, and they applied their life experience as women as well as their scientific experience and they just added the other elements that are needed. And I am not even going to try to explain those because that's the edge of my comprehension. I can do one-on-one -on -one work with a teenage female with a pretty decent amount of skill, but creating a group environment for a room full of girls, I do not have confidence in my skill at doing that. I'm pretty sure they would all leave the room crying if I was in charge and they would be offended and they would be, have their feelings hurt and they would explain to me that my understanding of girl connection is inadequate and I would agree. 
So when it comes to anything beyond what you find in Light Dragons, we will default to Anelody, who will share her thoughts with you on this whole subject as well today. So there's the similarities and the origin of Daughters of Light, Warrior Women of Light, both of them sexual self-mastery training systems, but it's not just sexual self-mastery training. They have broadened the scope to include many elements of emotional management, other behaviors that might be concerning to the value system. And so they pretty much address almost anything that involves the behavior of a person that contradicts their own value system. And might I warn you parents, we don't create any system that's designed to get them to live up to your value system. Okay. We have found that even young men prefer to have sexual self-mastery and even young women prefer to have sexual self-mastery, whether their parents want them to have it or not. Many parents don't believe that, but just because your loved one is losing battles doesn't mean they want to lose battles or in other words, behave contrary to their value system. That's excellent. That's so good. So one of the things I noticed was, you know, for several years now, I've been going and seeing like Meta Moroni participants, Sons of Helaman participants, being willing to do podcast interviews or, and share their story, being willing to, yeah, participate on a panel so people can ask them questions about their experience and their healing journey, how they got from there and all the way to here. And they're super open about it, but it was so inspiring to me to notice these are women, all four of them, young adult women that I interviewed and just noticing that they're so motivated and so willing. And the majority of them, this first time they'd ever shared it, like to an audience, right? But they just were so motivated for the same reasons that the young men and the men are is, you know, I, I just, if I, if I can help somebody to not be where I was, because that wasn't okay and be able to get help or know that there's a resource or understand. But anyway, why do you think it is that there's kind of this belief maybe that parents have or that even young women have and women like we are not supposed to have this problem you know i we're we're not supposed to share that we've had that problem and yeah why do you think it would be so much more challenging for it to be shared by women and young women and then i have one more question for you so much of our culture evolution Inside and outside of the church, there's, it's a little like when I think about it from a man's perspective, it's almost an insult how willing everyone is to excuse men from sexual perversions. Boys will be boys. That's just him being a boy. Guys are like that. You have to expect guys to be like that. There's just so many jokes about that. It's almost a permission slip to be a pervert because we will laugh about it and it won't be held inappropriate. Everything from a guy can sleep around and guys clap about it. And if a girl does, she's a whore. Mm -hmm. 
you know, everything from that. So, you know, the, the, even guys who announce that they have a pornography problem, you can say that in a high school in general, and your buddies will celebrate it with you and ask you what you're looking up as opposed to be just, you know, disgusted by it. Okay. But if a girl says, man, I found a really good porn film last night in a girl locker room, she's going to get slaughtered. Okay. And it's just against the rules for girls to have any type of sexual experience that can be, can feel above and beyond their control. So if you're feeling and experiencing sexual system reactions, which are hugely powerful, like most of us in our teenage years are so blindsided by sexual response and sexual craving that we have no clue what to do about it. And it's so powerful that you can have biological responses with extremely limited stimuli and go, what is going on here? We hear all sorts of things about what happens in dreams while you're asleep and you can't even control. You're like, oh my goodness. And little oopses and touches and bumps. And you're like, why am I having a reaction to that? So it's pretty scary across the board. And so do you indulge in it because it's fascinating or do you run away from it because it's scary or do you do something in between? There are many different reasons why it can be uncomfortable. What is been, has been fascinating is watching youth and adults move from this position of shame, embarrassment, awkwardness, or horror. And then how did they get to a place where they're now talking about such things with a confidence and a, like, it's fascinating. Like when people first hear it, they're falling out of their chairs in a loss of comprehension. Like, how is this even possible? And just to give you a hint, we won't explain all of it right now, but because society implies that the reason people fight these battles is because they have some kind of a unusual perversion or there's something wrong with them or even the frequency of they have a problem there's they're broken in some way once the warriors are convinced of the reality of psychological warfare with Satan, once they discover that he's so slithery and so willing to cheat that he will use a powerful system inside the human body before the person has a chance to get good at it. It reminds me of how complicated it is to put a three-year-old on a Clydesdale horse without anyone kicking the horse. It's already hard to control the beast, but if you got someone throwing rocks at your horse, kicking your horse, poking it with sticks and stuff like that. So we have all these elements that are provoking sexual response outside, inside, sitting next to you, sitting across the room, that as long as you think you're the one of the problem and not that you have an opportunity to gain mastery over something and someone else is provoking it. The reason our warriors talk like warriors is because they have not only been convinced cognitively, but their personal experience of, I can tell when Satan and his demons are trying to influence me. I can identify it. I can respond successfully. It's so similar to a soldier coming home from war 
battered and bruised, but confident. We've seen the enemy. We've studied the enemy. We've strategized and we can keep ourselves and others safe because we have the skill to do so. And so that's the mentality they move towards. And the parents ask us weird questions like, when are you going to talk about how naughty it is to be a pervert? And we say, that's not how you fix this. Yeah. You don't have to talk about that. They already know that. What they don't know is that they can be trained to win psychological, psychosexual war against a 7,000-year-old genius. And even at your age, you can win that battle. Once they understand that, that's when they will win forever. You had one more question? Just our hypersexualized world and the whole pornography everywhere. I'm sure that the amount of young women who are struggling or women who are struggling is kind of tied to that. And I just wondered, would you agree? And do you have anything to say about that? Well, statistics have always been confusing around these things because when they started doing research on how many women had been sexually assaulted by the age of 20, the question was, is it happening more or are just more people reporting it? Right. Okay. Sexual resources or inappropriate stuff has been available for a long, long time. And so are we seeing it more now because it's being reported more now, or are we seeing it more now because it's more available and it's worse now? So I can only tell you out of my own research, what is going on now? Cause I haven't done any studies of the past. What our church leaders are telling us now is that in the neighborhood of 50 to 75% of the women are fighting some level of unwanted sexual behavior. Okay. It's really important that you label it correctly. You don't say pornography problem because there's more than one way to behave in a way that's outside of your value system in a sexual manner. Yeah. Unfortunately, these, these bishops and state presidents are telling us it's in the neighborhood of 75 to 95% of the young men, sometimes a hundred percent are fighting battles with self mastery so that they can live according to their own value system. <clears throat> And I really want to emphasize this because the assumption is that when someone is behaving like this, they are actually okay with it. Okay. But remember, you have a value system that you don't always live up to. I commit to not eating chocolate chip cookies for a week. I commit to getting to the gym every week, every day this week. I commit to not yelling at my children every week. You behave contrary to your value system, even though you're committed to it. That's the same thing they're going through. Okay. So let's not think of ourselves as we're the ones who don't have a sexual self-mastery problem. And they're the ones who do have a sexual self-mastery problem. This is about fighting psychological warfare with Satan and learning how to win that war. As a reminder, half or more of the book of Mormon is about war and it's for our day. So we're supposed to be training for war and these training systems are for that purpose. We have pulled everything out of modern and ancient prophets. We've ran it through science to use the scientific side of things. And now your daughters and daughters of light. And for any adult woman 
who's over the age of 18, warrior women of light, you no longer need to live in humility, humiliation, and shame. You no longer need to hide it because there's a team of you who are already fighting, who are already working hard at this. And when you join one, you're like already, you're swept in. It's like, holy cow, there's a whole team. They're already doing this. You're not put in a room with a bunch of new people who are feeling awkward with each other. In most cases, there's only one new person at a time and you will be swept into this team of warrior women. And it is amazing. And you'll never feel that shame and humiliation ever again. I hope that's helpful. Oh, and powerful. Thanks, Maurice. Okay, we just heard from Maurice. And now we're moving on to Anility Milne, the director of Daughters of Light and Warrior Women of Light program. So I'm hoping that people who are listening to this can open their hearts to think about maybe this is information I need right now in this moment to hold on to or to use, but to just be connected to so that I have it as a resource in, in my arsenal as we kind of talk a little bit about our programs. So putting together this series of this wonderful healing, really dynamic, powerful programs that we have here at Life Changing Services for you to have more awareness that there is a resource for you or people that you love, but also that there's something that maybe we need to be more open to and considering about our daughters, about us. So Karen, I was wondering, <clears throat> have you ever had that, that feeling maybe that these aren't the droids you were looking for feeling? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that's what happens in my mind when difficult things come up for me and cause me to have some kind of chemical shift in my body. I, if I try to say, wait, that's, that's not me. That's somebody else outside of me. And then I get this, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Okay. So it must be me, you know, and I, and I get this sense of like someone trying to close my eyes to a deception. And uh, it happened to me this morning, actually. A couple things were going on. And I was connecting with a former friend, a high school friend. She was such a beautiful friendship that we had. And we've kind of kept track of each other over the last few years. <clears throat> and a few years back, there were three of us. So there were two, two of the girls, these girls. And we got together in Las Vegas. She, she lives in that area. And we got to go together in Las Vegas. We went out to dinner and we went to a show. Oh my gosh, we had so much fun. And we took pictures. And this woman that I met up with, she's an avid biker. And she is fit. Right? And I'm not exactly fit. I'm an avid, I'm an avid hiker. But I'm not fit like she is. Right. Biking and hiking are two different things. And... It was really interesting because we had an op opportunity yesterday to have a connection and I woke up this morning 
And I've been, I told you I was doing, I'm doing this little thing kind of thing for, with my daughters called Healthy Beautiful Me, where we just do a Marco Polo every day. And we just say one thing that we did that makes us feel healthy and beautiful. And so I was thinking about my Healthy Beautiful Me. And I was going to do my Marco Polo. What, are, what am I going to do today that will make me feel healthy and beautiful? And something really weird happened. All of a sudden, in my mind came this, well, you don't feel healthy and beautiful because remember when you went to Las Vegas and you stood in that picture and your two girlfriends were super fit and super adorable and cute. And there you were, chubby next to them. And so all of a sudden I thought, wait, hold on. I'm working with healthy, beautiful me. And I got that sensation. I wanted to go to, wait, hold on. That's not my thought. But then, then I, I, it's like I turned my head. Oh yeah, that was my thought. Wait, hold, wait, wait. I know better than this. <laughs> that was not my, hold the phone. No. And then my brain went to, well, how did he know? How did Satan know that I would have fallen for that? Oh, wait, I mean. Two, two or three, four years ago, I definitely would have fallen for that. And then I would have spiraled down into the, yeah, I'm never going to be good enough. And no matter how hard, hard I try, I'm never, I'm not, you know, I would have gone into a spiral for several days, I'm sure. Mm. That, you know, that whole sensation, these aren't the droids you're looking for. I'm not here deceiving you. Okay. Is so subtle. When we tried to call them out the first time and the few, you know, the first few times. And so we believe, oh yeah, that he's not there. He's not there. I mean, that's one of the great deceptions. He's not there. So just in case you're listening to this and you're like, what are they even saying? These are not the droids you're looking for. It's a reference to Star Wars and Obi-Wan Kenobi using his Jedi force to just dissuade some people that are coming in to his space to get his droids, right? And he knows that's what they're doing. So he uses the force to say, these are not the droids you're looking for. And they just ethically, yeah, like magic, just automatically, like they were thinking, we're going to get the droids. We have a mission here. And then he says with the force, these are not the droids you're looking for. And they say out loud, turning around to go the opposite direction. These are not the droids we're looking for. And so it's interesting that you used that in a context of, you know, satanic attacks in our mind can feel like that. I, uh, so I, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you how bad I wanted to hit my husband one day, but I did. I really wanted to one day. When I found out about Sons of Healman and all the amazingness about Sons of Healman, and I thought, I'm so sad. I wished I would have known about Sons of Healman when my son was really struggling because he could have really used it. It would have been so awesome for him. And I was, you know, already sort of getting familiar with everything that was going on at Life Changing Services. And I came home and I, to my husband, I said, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. This this resource is here. And I so wished we would have had it when when my son was struggling. And he's like, Well, when I was on the high council, Maurice came and and presented all that to us back in the day when 
our son was struggling. I'm going to, I'm going to hit you really hard right now. You had a resource and you didn't use it. You didn't even tell me about it. What? These are not the droids you were looking for. Yes, they were the droids I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. So I think sometimes we have resources at our hands that something inside of us thinks we either don't need or we don't want or we can't have because, oh, it's outside of our uh, ability to pay for it or it's outside of our ability to support it or it's outside of our ability to have time for it. And I just have to tell you, your children's lives are worth it. Sometimes it's outside our ability to face it. And it's been interesting to me, I would invite listeners because sometimes it's hard for us to face challenging things that we think that that is not happening here and I don't ever want that to be happening here right because it would hurt so much so when I'm training women in coaching or classes or whatever and they start gaining an awareness of satanic attacks in their mind and that experience of oh my gosh like that's been happening to me and I totally just bought that like these are the these aren't the droids you're looking for I'm going for that but once they have that awareness like there's this you know like the ticking clock analogy like there's if you someone says listen to how loud that clock is ticking in this room and you've never noticed it before all of a sudden now whenever you come in that room you're like geez that clock is so loud I can't stop thinking about how that I can hear the ticking because now someone's shined a light yeah on the ticking clock. Mm-hmm. So one thing that happens is there's this initially this resistance of, okay, I'm totally going to shut that guy down. He is no longer allowed to mess with me like that and get yeah. fine. Yeah. But then there comes a point where we start noticing that he's relentless. Mm-hmm. And even though we know he's doing what he's doing mm-hmm. um, daily, we show up to confront that again mm-hmm. and that we have to change from a, I'm not afraid of the enemy. I am becoming the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming the Jedi and I have this great, powerful force within me mm-hmm. and my identity and my mm-hmm. God. And so. Yeah. I taking the, yeah. When taking I the, taking the position of I'm the hero of my story and heroes of their stories take charge because you know what research is kind of revealing right now is that when people have really difficult dreams they call them nightmares sometimes because the nightmares leave a lot of really uncomfortable feelings after you have a nightmare what the brain really is trying to do is work it out and I personally believe that Satan knows that something's happened and then he just attacks us with all the bad and horrible and ugly, right? After we've had a dream or he inserts himself in the dream. I don't really know. But when our brains are trying to work things out, I think our brain's trying to help us be the hero of our story. And when we believe finally that we're the hero of our story, we take charge. We don't just passively you know, let things slide anymore. 
our eyes start to be open and we start saying, okay, I'm listening, I'm hearing, I'm noticing. And one of the things that Satan really tries to do to us, especially as women, oh my gosh, especially as women, he wants us to undermine our intuition. One of the things we teach in Daughters of Light is the creepy guy detector. And basically it's women's intuition that we're trying to teach them, right? And to learn how to trust it. But we get so many messages around it that, it, oh, you're just being weird. Oh, you're just being, you're just being overly concerned. Oh, you're just too worried. You're just too, what? No, 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 no. Listen, listen to that voice because that's typically the voice Satan doesn't want you to hear, doesn't want you to follow is that intuition. And I always tell people when God is talking to us and I think we have a very feminine or everyone has an intuition to, you know, some are more sensitive to their intuition than others. But when we don't dismiss it, let's say this, the spirit is working in us and, and we get this sense. I always say to people, wait, calm yourself. See if it comes again. Because God is patient with us. He doesn't me make it so that we're like, oh, you have to act right now. No, 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 no. Because he's like, I'm allowing them to test this feeling and I will come in and we'll do it again. We'll come in with another witness. So hold on to the thought. Don't get freaked out and upset. If it comes back, then follow it. If it kind of dissipates and the emotion goes away from it, eh, maybe you were worried. Yeah, so good. So it's kind of like we are with using our intuition. It's like we are kind of turning the table on the enemy and saying, mm -hmm. I, now I am saying to you, as you come to attack me or tell me these are not the droids you're looking for, I, I turn the table and I am the warrior mother who says these are not the, the droids <laughs> you're looking for right right I, I see you now these are not the droids you're looking for yeah and so it's almost like we become more aware and more settled in who we are and that i must have been born for this for this day for this hard for this much for this big and it's like we think Instead of resisting the fear place and not wanting to admit that's what's really going on or that's what could be what's really happening, we are feeling the fear and facing it anyway. Or we're recognizing that what I need or what I want is on the other side of this fear. So I don't need to turn right tail and run. Like, let's face this. Right? Yeah. So I have a... Go ahead. I'll have a couple of clients. I think to myself, how would their lives be so much more different if the bishop who they talked to had known about what we do, the mothers that they talked to, they, they had talked to their mothers, had known about what we did. The young women presidents had known about what we did. In, in several of these cases. I have girls who have gone to those three resources and none of them gave them anything to, to work with, you know, and their lives became extremely difficult, you know, hooking up with, with men, 
getting preyed upon. One even got raped, mm. you know, because when she was eight years old, she was exposed to pornography, got really interested in it and couldn't stop looking. Yeah. And the other, you know, when she was, she was 13 and started, she was introduced to it by a friend and things went really south from there in her life. And she tried so many times. She used her voice so many times. And nobody could help her. Nobody knew how to help her because nobody was willing to keep the resource of what we do in the back of their head or even look online. You know, we're very available online. Yeah. So good. So really, that is our motive today. And our motive for this series is to really ask you, in a pleading, warrior-hearted way, you listening mothers out there and those of you that maybe a mother has shared this with, will you please notice there is a resource and it is really helpful for women and young women. And the, young, the program for young women is Daughters of Light. Tell us, Anility, yeah, if you were thinking, I really do want all moms to know about this, what would you say? Here's what I hope you notice in this series. Here's what I hope you notice about our programs. If I heard my dream, every girl, every LDS girl in the world would go through the Daughters of Light program because it's so enlightening. It helps them fight their battles, their daily battles so much uh, while we do focus on addictive behaviors the people who come to our programs are, tend to be you know either in in some self-harm behaviors or some sexually acting out behaviors and sometimes even some eating disorder behaviors i still think that it could be a preventative measure for anyone you know just do the program what the so in the program, we do something that's, that I think is genius. We say we set goals, but what we're really doing is habit tracking. And everything in the literature says habit tracking is the way to do it. So we habit track their prayers, their journal writing, their scripture reading, their what we call their learn goal, which is their meditative practices. And then we have a couple other things that they kind of choose for themselves and we just track it. And every week they come and they report their progress on their habits. And in the end, that would be applicable to anybody who wants to have a track, you know, who wants to improve their lives. But it also gives them tons of skills to help them understand Satan is not, he's not creative. Really, he's not. He's almost always going to attack with some simple, basic messages. Somehow, you're not good enough. Somehow, you don't get enough good enough grades. You're not a good enough student. You're not a good enough musician. You're not a good enough athlete. You're not a good enough friend. You're not a good enough sister. Whatever it is, it's going to be a, a version of that. Or the other one that we commonly see is, you're too something. Mm. You're too much. You're too extroverted. You're too quiet. You're too fat. 
different. You're too, yeah. You're too different. You're too different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those tend to be the messages that we see. And then it's some kind of version of it. And it's so interesting when we get into group and we start talking about how Satan is talking to us and we identify it into one of those categories or like, oh my gosh, seriously right now, everybody has the same exact message. That's so stupid. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah. But when we start talking, it's like I had a client once say to me that she had a boss who was mad at her and who wanted to correct her doing things. and. She just was really miserable in the job. She decided to quit. So she went in. She said, I need to quit. This isn't working out for me. And she says, go get your stuff. And like the next day, she says, go in and get your stuff and don't talk to anybody. Well, she found out later after this boss had said, you know, don't talk to anybody that she had told everyone at work that she had been fired. And so everybody else, you know, had this concept or idea of, oh, she did something really bad. She got fired. Right? And, and the, the way she was able to make people believe those things, she didn't tell them that, you know, the thing she did to get fired. She just said, I fired her, blah, 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 right, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all these things come up in her heads about that person, right? Yeah. And that's what Satan does. He says, don't talk to other people about what you're going through. They won't understand. Or they'll reject you. Or they'll reject you, yeah. yeah. And what's interesting in our translation in our brains, it's very interesting to watch young women and their beautiful brains work because we know that the brain is an associative organ and we know that Satan, as he kind of gets us buying into lies, he can help, he can kind of nudge our brains along, right? So if he says, you know, you're not, you're not a good enough pianist. Let's say that. You're, you're, you're never going to make it. You're never, you're never going to be good enough to do any, you know, anything you want to do in this field, whatever. <clears throat> And then there comes this translation. So then I'm probably not worthy of that scholarship that I wanted to get. And I wanted to think I could go for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm probably not worthy of it. So this sensation of I'm not worthy starts to enter into us because of those messages of you're not good enough and you're too whatever. And then also the whole you're too, you're too dot, 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 you're, you're too much, you're too, you're too different, whatever. That translates a lot of times into you're all alone. And so we have this kind of progression. We can follow the progression that causes the, the body to say, I'm in pain here. I got to do something. And then Satan can just walk right in and say, yeah, I know exactly what to do to help you feel better today. You do this. That'll make you feel better. Oh, okay. That's such an important thing in our lives to have an awareness. Yeah. But we notice also after we get this sensation of this, and it's, it's hard to even like 
articulate. It's just a sense of I'm not worthy or a sense of I'm all alone. Sometimes people don't even say, yeah, I feel all alone. I feel isolated because then if they said that, it wouldn't make any sense because they have friends all around them and then they, they can't really say that, but they still sense it. It's still deep inside of them. What happens is when the brain gets that much distress, it starts to shut down the, all of the energy of the brain starts moving toward the limbic center of the brain. And it, it starts thinking it's in danger because, you know, if you're, if you're all alone and there's nobody else around you, evolutionarily, that would mean you are in danger. You know, there's wolves out there. <clears throat> so the body starts thinking it's in danger. All the energy of the brain starts going to the center of the brain and starts using up the energy to keep it safe rather than being able to use the energy for its executive functions, which is in the prefrontal cortex of the brain, which is the whole, the planning center. And, and if you lose access to those functions of the brain, you lose access to your moral compass. That's in the four, the, the prefrontal cortex area of the brain. You lose access to your self-awareness, your intuition, your ability to empathize. These are really big things, right? Yeah, totally. It, it, that's how we regulate our bodies, our, our emotions. And if he can get us to not have access to that regulating system, your body regulation, your fear modulation, it's all up in here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get them away from their fear mod modulator. I'm going to get them away from their body regulator, from their self-awareness, their intuition. Mm -hmm. It's just so much easier for him to invade and, and get into our heads more and more and more. And then we start having sensations of depression, you know, suicidal thoughts, anxiety. Yeah. And then again, there we go. There's a, there are feelings that I don't know what to do with. So Satan says, yeah, I know exactly what to do to help you feel better about that. There's this guy or there's this thing, this, this Snapchat, you could do this. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Oh, that's really interesting. And then they do this risky thing that fills their brain full of dopamine. It does make them feel better in the moment. It really does. You know, self-harm is, they've, they've done a lot of research on that. Self-harm makes them feel better mm. for the few minutes. And then they feel way worse afterward. Mm -hmm. It's like this up and this crash. Any kind of risky behavior or behavior that doesn't make any sense that we would start engaging in. Isn't it so important for us to recognize that just because we might discover somebody participating in risky behavior in things that really cause us a lot of fear when we find it out, that's not something because of that fallout after, um, I feel so much worse. Like yeah. they, it becomes something that yes, they turn to yeah. in a habit form in a you know, I, this is how my brain has mm -hmm. learned to feel better. To, to cope with, uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting to today, you know, you and I, Karen, think that, oh, well, we have daughters and we've been there and we know what they feels like and we know, we know what that's like, but the truth is we don't. Yeah. What they deal with, what our, with what our youth are dealing with these days and what they have available to them is 
so many more choices than we ever had. So the opportunity for them to engage in risky behavior is much higher. The other thing that I want to just say that we see a lot of now, what happens, we know that if if we kind of start losing access to the prefrontal cortex functions, we can either go into this overcompensating mode or an undercompensating mode. Mm-hmm. So we go into the risky behaviors, which would be the, the undercompensating stuff. You know, I'm, I'm going to go out and, you know, try this and try that or right. Or, and we call that sort of underachieving, just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of going with the flow or I'm just going to be perfect. I'm just going to show up and I'm going to make sure I'm perfect and I'm just going to do it and I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it. And they're holding on and they lose control and that makes them feel like they've gone out of control and now they go back to their behaviors. Oh, Anelody, thank you so much. That was so awesome. I'm so grateful for you and really thankful for what you do. I'm so appreciative for the efforts that you've put into growing and supporting and creating such a neat resource to bring so much hope to so many people. So for you listeners out there, I'm excited for you to keep going and I hope you'll keep coming back and listen through this series. The next four episodes are really special. They are individual interviews with women who are participating in the Warrior Women of Light program and their stories. And they have been so courageous and so kind to service in a way that shines some light on the fact that women and young women struggle with therapeutic issues. Three of the four are highlighting Some of their struggles were with sexual self-mastery, and then one is not that because these programs have the capacity to deal in a group setting with many different circumstances and challenges that we have. All right, so we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers You Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And... The Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSAA young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under MothersYouKnow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know, and on Instagram, username at Mothers underscore Who Know. 
Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week Mom Power Training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers Who Know website at mothershoknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services, at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothershoknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.